0: Alrighty, team, welcome back. So, last week we had Kath's uh, episode 5.2. Um, just summing up the entire interview with Kath. Um, as we all know, Kath is great for a story and can just go on. Um, very motivational speaker. It was absolutely amazing. Um, absolutely love Kath and where she's come from, her complete outlook on life. Um, that never give up attitude and just the willingness to to better oneself is absolutely amazing and inspiring. Like it is just so unreal. Uh, the stuff that Kath has gone through, um, and where she has now ended up like in a really good position. So it's a great, not not ending to a story, but the story she told right up until now, uh, absolutely phenomenal. Um, one of the big takeaways, that I got from um, Kath's episodes uh, was just never, never letting yourself um, get into a negative headspace. So always staying positive, knowing that you're in complete control of everything you do. You're able to, no matter the situation, look at the positives. And there are always positives to take out of any situation. One of the positives to take out of a situation may be that there is nothing good about this so you can just let something go so if you're in a bad place in any way shape or form the best thing to do might be to remove yourself from that situation that being the positive um and then it just also having an undying um urge to do better and to make sure you're doing stuff that works with you and your body and everything in your life so it, it was great having Kath on some really good takeaways um guys sorry as well uh this episode was put up uh on friday so in australia we had anzac day on thursday which is a day of remembrance for our fallen soldiers um current and ex serving as well Um, so a very important day here in australia for all our international listeners so that's why uh, i held off on releasing the episode um on a thursday so only time uh that'll happen on a friday that it gets released. Alrighty guys, so this week um, we have Liz. Um, she, Liz is a in her fourth year um, of studying um, her dietetics degree at uni. Um, she's also done a plethora of other stuff. so she comes from a very elite sporting background and family uh, in terms of brothers and sisters. So Liz uh, has some great uh, opinions and insights. Um, as far as someone with her qualifications goes, as well as uh, for a young girl, 21 years of age, has a head screwed on, great direction, great outlook. Um, So yeah, I highly recommend going back, listening to Cath, guys, and uh, stay tuned for Liz's episode. I think you're really going to like it. There's some uh, really great points and great takeaways that Liz has. And yeah, team, um, stay tuned because we are about to get into it. Welcome team, my name is Josh Atkins, and you're listening to Australia's Most Adventurous Podcast.
1: So what do you want me to start with?
0: Just like... Hey, I'm Liz. Just so everyone knows who you are. You just say like, hey, I'm Liz and I am currently studying or oh, so I work out. Oh, so tell at... me a bit
1: about myself.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. the first question is just going to be give an intro and then yep. we'll recap your life.
1: Give an intro and recap of my life. Yep. Do that all now. Yep. Okay, cool. Hey guys, um, I'm Liz. So I'm a nutrition and dietetics student at QUT and I'm finishing off my fourth year at the moment at QUT in Brisbane. I um, have also got my Cert 3 and 4 in um, personal and group training. So I've been doing that and I've been working at Fitstop Windsor for just over 12 months now. Um, what else is about me? I don't know. I've got.
0: What about where you grew up?
1: Oh yeah, I did. I grew up on Magnetic Island, which is pretty unfortunate.
0: <laughs> Where um, and where's Magnetic Island for all those? People Maggie that don't know it?
1: Island is off the coast of Townsville, so it's a 25-minute boat ride off Townsville.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah,
1: it's a beautiful. If you haven't been there, do recommend. Um, but yeah, mum and dad own a little news agency across the road from the beach over there.
0: Oh, nice!
1: And then went to school there, so they've got a primary school on the island. And then I had to go over to Townsville to finish off my high school years.
0: Okay, was yeah. that more unfortunate than being on Magnetic Island?
1: Yeah, it was so unfortunate. <laughs> no, it was it was so great. Um, such a good start to the life. Just like being with the. Um, family just such a tight-knit community as well so
0: how many people do you reckon a
1: 3,000 about
0: oh wow yeah. so it's, it's pretty big Ben the island I'm guessing yes
1: and no it's like it's big but you still know everyone so yeah okay yeah like you'll always know and especially when we're going to school there like primary school um, you'd know like all of the kids but majority of the kids would have siblings and then the parents and
0: yeah, yeah okay. it's quite a
1: big um, like it's got an older age community as well so oh yep a lot, a lot of retirees, of, yeah. A lot of retirees are over there, so um, I guess it just makes it a little bit more quiet, which is nice. Oh, very good. Yeah.
0: Um. All right. Cool. And so, well, I guess, tell us about your family as well. So, there's a, a fair, you're a pretty. Bit big of a bunch. tribe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I've got. I'm the third child, so third girl, and then I've got a younger brother. So I've got two older sisters. Eldest um, Bree, she is a bit of an AFL star, so she plays for the Brisbane Lions. The girls AFL. Yep. Kara um, is a netballer. She's about six foot three, so she's got a bit of height to her. She is um, in the Sunshine Coast Lightning netball team. Nice. So she plays up on the sunny coast. Are they for them.
0: professional? Like are they
1: yep. in the league? Yeah. So they're in the ANZ, AM- I think it is still. Yeah. Yep. So they're in the professional league, which okay. is. Really good. So she's got her first game, I think, this weekend, actually, this coming weekend. Oh,
0: very nice where we're at.
1: Um, I think she's heading, over to Mel- heading down to Melbourne for that one. Okay. Yeah. So she'll go down for that, hopefully get a bit more court time this year. Um, and then my younger brother, he is in the Suns Academy as well, so he's another little AFL fanatic. Wow. And he is on the Gold Coast. So he finished his grade 11 and 12 down at Palm Beach Crumbin School.
0: Did you play footy for the boys as well? Yeah, yeah, I played played against them. Oh, really? Yeah, in our school comp. So we were Vicky Point, so Victoria Point. We played, or I don't know if they still do. Yeah. But yeah, we went down to Palm Beach, I think, in the final. Yeah. We got through to.
1: They're pretty good. Like the school is very supportive of the kids playing AFL and or just all sports in general. Yeah. But yeah, so he's he did that and he went down, and he's doing really well. He. Missed out, unfortunately, on the draft last year, but I think they're doing another mid-year one, so he's hoping to get into that, but yeah, we'll just see where it all goes.
0: Oh, awesome. Yeah. And um, we'll touch on as well, I think it's pretty, pretty awesome, that you're also uh, a Lululemon ambassador.
1: Yes. Yeah. Love a bit of Lululemon. Awesome. Nah, I just... The company itself is just such an incredible company, and I, I yeah, absolutely would do anything and everything for them, so yeah i guess we can touch on that a little bit later but yeah they're a great company to be a part of not only for their product but just what they stand by and the things that they do so
0: yeah so we've just heard that your whole family is like right into sport which is awesome and all great sports as well no No way (laughs) well and this is what i'm about to say i've seen you train and now i call you bugs because you're the bloody duracell bunny and you just don't stop i love it um so you guys are like I'm guessing fitness was a really big um part of your growing up yeah, because everyone's oh, just sure. insane.
1: Yeah, and I think um like cuz with my background I guess um I don't know if we've really even gone into what I so I did a lot of surf life saving swimming. That was okay, my yep. background. So I've made a couple of different teams with surf life saving predominantly. Um and I've traveled a fair bit with them but yeah just recently I got a little bit sick um 2017 I think so that kind of pushed me I'm gonna it's early retirement but I'm only 21 <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so I guess I've kind of re-f- had to refine myself I guess and I found that through the gym and I think coming to FitStop and training with FitStop it's the closest that I've come to something that's similar to elite sport okay in terms of like the intensity and things like that so yeah I think that's where I get a lot of my drive from Um, just having that background and training nine times a week for swimming and surf or plus Um, so doing two or three sessions a day so coming in here and being able to bust my gut it's yeah it's the closest thing that I can kind of get to what it was like when I was growing up
0: and so don't take this the wrong way, but it is also a little bit of a dig. But I know there's not much surf <laughs> yeah. up in North Queensland, north of Rocky. So how did she you go... She a wh- bit
1: like a lake.
0: <laughs> yeah. How did you go uh, competing? Oh, did you come down to the Gold Coast and yeah. further down? How did you go with the difference from, I the, guess, yeah. relatively flat
1: yeah. to... So when um, we would train at home, any chance that we got, so say there was a cyclone or anything, we'd be straight out in the okay. surf just yeah. to get practice. Um, I think in terms of my swimming skills, they were fine. It was when it came to the craft, so board and ski, I struggled okay. a bit more. Um, and especially when they started to include, like when I got older and the iron um, I don't know if you're familiar with surf, but yeah, yeah. the Ironman, how they've got board swim ski, yep. they only usually have board and swim in the younger age group. So okay. when I was growing up, that was fine. Cause my swim leg like, was pretty strong yep. and I could run. Um, but then when it's ski got included, I kind of got a little bit harder.
0: Yeah. Well, did you still train on it in the flat? It yep. was just getting yep. used to the surf. Yeah.
1: So I think that's also where I get a bit more of my endurance from as well. Cause I was just like the daily grind, <laughs> no assistance with any surf. So yeah, and then in when I went to Aussie's um, when I was in under 15s, I which is Australian Champs. I got picked up by Northcliffe Surf Club down okay. on the Gold Coast. So that since then, so under 15s through to about under 19s I was competing for Northcliffe.
0: Nice. Yeah, and
1: I made a couple of different like Australian teams and things like that once I'd gone through. Yep. Um, and that got like I was yeah, I was really fortunate to be able to like travel and go to like France for the world champs and um, Germany, different places like that, Japan. Yeah, so I was really lucky in the fact that I got to travel a fair bit, but.
0: What age were you when you were doing all of that traveling?
1: So I was in grade 12 when I made my first junior Australian team. Okay. And I went away to France, um, Montpellier, I think it was, yeah, Montpellier. Um, And that was 2014. Nice. So not too long ago. Um, and then I made my first senior team in 2015 or 16, 2015, I think. Yeah. And that was actually in Maroochydore in Australia. So. Okay. Didn't get to travel for that one, but <sighs> it was, yeah, it was still really good. And then I went to Japan twice for another, um, it was like a development team as well. for
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very good. What's the weather like in, I'm guessing you went in summer.
1: In, Japan yeah it was yep. beautiful it was really actually quite hot
0: what's their, their surf like and everything there it,
1: it was it wasn't la uh, the first time we went it was pretty flat yeah and then the second time it picked up The swell got a little bit bigger
0: yeah okay were you on the east side of the island
1: yes east yeah. but down the bottom
0: yeah okay yeah,
1: yeah well, right. I can't even remember what it was called
0: nice and then so when we I guess well this will kind of tie into the whole fitness but um what what sparked your passion for diet like dietetics and
1: yeah so I think um the nutrition side I guess was kind of sparked through performance for me yep um especially going through sport I didn't have a lot of access to um, nutrition coaches or dietitians when I was going through yep. um, we had our odd one here and there but similar to the sporting teams today it's not something that every sporting team has yep. access to um, and yeah I guess I just wanted to be able to offer my services as a dietitian to someone who was similar to me or in the same situation as me um, and looking for ways in which that they could improve their performance through like you know just getting those extra one percenters um and yeah that's kind of where i wanted to go down i'm like i was gonna go between physio as well like i was i was always into the sports or the you know health science i guess um but i guess nutrition just stood out to me i've always loved food um i think food is there to be enjoyed Um, So I also wanted to incorporate that like food for performance, but also food for enjoyment. So, yeah, I think that's kind of the biggest reason why I went down that pathway. And I guess I just, yeah, I just knew that I always wanted to do something around health. So,
0: okay. Looking at your diet now, as opposed to say week one, semester one, year one, of oh your course, yeah. do you think there's been a big transition?
1: Yeah, definitely, like huge. I guess when you're, when especially in swimming and surf, I say, or any sport for that matter, body composition and I guess the way in which the focus around your body is, I guess, amplified because you are constantly, well for swimmers, they're in togs yeah. for a lot of the time, so. And I guess you're always wanting to, um, for some sports, be lighter to get a certain, like, to be quicker or to, I don't know. um, And as I said, like, it varies depending on what sport you do. But I guess having um, that focus around not so much weight, but to a degree, yeah, weight, and the food that you're eating and consuming, I think I was very focused around uh, the energy density of foods things like that okay. rather than the nutrient profiles so now after having com- like completed a lot more of my degree I think I have a much better understanding of what will actually fuel my body and the all the pathways within your um, digestion and what different foods are going to affect what Yep. Um, and I think that just having that understanding now I ha- just have such a broader knowledge Um, and understanding for what is going to fuel my body to be able to do what I want to do Yep. Um, rather than just hitting, I guess, my calories or my energy Mm. forgetting about the macronutrients, the micronutrients and things like that. Um, And I guess just making me feel good as a whole like not just to fuel myself but also eating the foods that I'm enjoying to eat and that for me food or enjoying food is largely about the socialisation around it and being able to, I guess, share it with other people. And I have definitely struggled this year because at the moment I am living alone um, just because my partner's moved back up to um, Townsville. So I think I've really struggled this year and it's been a big eye-opener for me having to live alone, prepare meals by myself and then eating alone some nights. Um, I try and go out where I can, but you know how it is with work, you get home at eight o'clock at night, so it's not really leaves too much time.
0: Yep. it food got food. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I think, yeah, it's really that, but I guess that's only going to better my practice as a dietitian because I guess it'll just allow me to relate a little bit more to some people who are going through similar things, similar Definitely. things. Um, but yeah,
0: awesome what do you feel has been one of the biggest shifts like i i know you were going from training let's say at an elite or semi-elite level Mm. um on that international stage also being young metabolism running off the clock continually as opposed still 21 still young yeah but how do you feel that your diets changed? like you you, you said I also want to clarify this as well sorry for everyone you said our weight was uh, kind of a focal point for what you ate now this is weight just in terms of being able to be light and be able to move quickly we're not talking about body fat in that sense
1: Um, I guess being able to move quickly but also have the muscle mass to be able to do because with Surf Life Saving it is um, it's not by any means, unless you're doing, I guess, an Ironman is a little bit more endurance, but it, it is more fast-paced and um, I guess... There'd
0: it, be a fair bit of power involved, exactly. like especially in surf and yeah, ski. Yeah,
1: exactly. And also when you're, I guess, getting off the beach and especially in the surf, mm. you do need a lot of power and explosive movements to be able to get through that first break. Um, so I guess it, in, in a way it is relating to body fat and muscle mass. So I guess... Looking back at that, and I had really limited, um, like, access to dietitians or anything like that. So, I think for me, I was going, as I said, just a lot off the energy that I like. I knew I had to hit a certain amount of energy to be able to continue and keep doing. But I think even as a young female, um, when I was going probably around grade, all the way up until about grade ten or eleven. Um, as you said, like your metabolism is through the roof. Mm. Once I finished school, I think I started to gain a little bit more weight and that's when it became a little bit more of an issue. And I did, that was when I was making a couple more teens as well. So I did have a little bit of access to dietitians. Yeah. Um, and they, I guess, helped guided me, but in a way diet, like <laughs> that was going off one consult. So you can't really expect like too many results just off one. Yeah consultation with one dietitian so I think and that goes back to why I guess I have chosen to go down this pathway is because I want to be more readily available for people of similar I guess age and of similar um, level of experience and level of um, athleticism so yeah for me when I was going through that I wasn't probably fueling my body in a way that I should have been for the amount of training that I was doing. Um, and that was just relating to a lot of convenience foods. I I was just moving out of home. So I was trying to live off, you know, as everyone does, like uni students, when you're on a bit of a budget, it's, it's definitely a lot harder to eat, um, I guess, fresh, nutritious foods. Um, and you tend to be reaching for two minute noodles, things like that, that are quite (laughs) quick and easy. Yeah. Uh, My cooking skills were not on point either back in the day, struggled to cook a piece of steak. So, Ah. yeah. So going from that, um, and nothing against my parents, but like mum and dad would bend over backwards for us and didn't, I probably didn't get enough experience cooking when I was younger and that didn't help. Um,
0: Is that because mom and dad were always always in the kitchen, always like cook, yeah you they guys. just
1: yeah and I think having four of us kids like it would have been a bit of a nightmare having four kids in the kitchen so yeah. that's probably made it easier on them, <laughs> but at the same time it did not do me any justice when I left so yeah. I think that really made it hard for me in a way that I wasn't really prepared when leaving home about how to cook either yeah. Um, And, yeah, just going from, like, looking back to, like, now, I, like, can't believe that I didn't know how to cook a piece of stuff. Like, I was on the phone to mum being like, mum, how do I... Like, when do I know when this is going to be ready? And she's like, just wait until the blood comes through to the top and then turn it over and I'm like, this is too much. Like, I can't do it. So I think looking back from, like, then to now, um, yeah, I I just have such a better understanding of, like all of the different types of foods that, like, you can cook and that you can have access to while still being on a budget and still, you know, addressing those barriers that I had identified but I didn't really know much or, like, how to overcome them back when I was going through, like, that stage in my life. Um, But, yeah, I think if I had the opportunity and if I could do it again, I would probably have sought out a little bit more help... Um, But yeah, so that's for me, that's the biggest difference. I've definitely developed like not only my education around cooking and eating, but my skills there as well. And I I guess that just comes with development.
0: Yeah. So all your cooking ability, that's all self-taught,
1: self-taught, but we also do cooking in dietetics.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So, so they get you into a kitchen show yeah, you how yeah, to yeah.
1: do so. Yeah. So in second and third year we do have like practical cooking classes. Yeah. Um
0: just like home make at school. Yeah, yeah. kind of
1: like that. So yeah, that definitely helped but and then I guess even in third year that goes more into the medical nutrition side of things yep. so.
0: Do they teach you how to get like the perfect insta shot as well when you do that because... <laughs> No,
1: all self-taught. Oh okay, so the
0: brand skills are self-taught. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. No, they definitely don't do anything on the lighting or anything like that <laughs> of how to get a good Instagram photo. Um, but yeah no i definitely have picked up a lot of skills and i think just from living out of home as well but even in our degree like we always look at like addressing certain barriers to cooking and doing different things like that what do you mean by that
0: certain barriers
1: so for example if someone is living in a share house or something like that oh okay right yeah or they don't have the budget to be able to afford and or they don't have the equipment to be able to prepare foods we're always looking at like ways in which we can help people overcome those barriers so that they can then maybe purchase, prepare, cook affordable, healthy meals.
0: Okay. Um, I'll, i I want to ask a quick question, yeah. um, which is kind of s- sort of left of center. I was listening to, and then I followed up and read the, uh, I guess it was a study. It wasn't so much research. mm mm-hmm but it was on how it was the difference between um organic beef yeah so organic beef and farm beef yeah or however however they do it i don't pretend to know or understand the meat industry but on a scientific level down to the composition of the steak and the uh, nutrient density and everything they found little to no change between organic free-range cows Mm -hmm. and however the other cows are uh, I can't quote where the study was done, so what country, because yeah. I, I think most Aussies know that our beef industry is quite good, but yeah. you look at the beef industries elsewhere in the world, yeah, they're yeah. quite bad, and that's where we see a lot of those really are horrific images. But what's, what's your take on that, like in terms of like, do you agree? Is that something you guys don't touch on?
1: Um, we don't really look too much into the o- organic and, um, I guess, not organic meats as such. Um, So I don't really have too much of an opinion on it, to be honest. Okay. Um, I haven't done a whole heap of research on whether organic, like is specific to meats. Um, I do know that with the vegetables and things like that, um, looking at organic and whatnot, um, I would always say to people, if you, like in the scheme of things, we want people to be making sure that they're eating five serves of vegetables Um, I guess with meat, you'd want to be looking at making sure that they're hitting their meat requirements. So I think from memory, it's about two serves a day
0: um,
1: of meat. And that's from either like your lean sources. um, So you're going to chicken, like your white meats, but then also your red meats. And you shouldn't really be having um, too much red meat per week. And that's just Uh backed up by health studies and things like that um, in relation to our heart health. Um, But I guess think for me um and you might disagree with this but i'm more focused around making sure that you're hitting so for example with your vegetables you want to be making sure you're getting five serves of vegetables whether that be organic not organic frozen whatever um if you're getting those five serves of vegetables like there's bigger things in life to worry about than whether it's organic or not organic that's great um so i think whatever is available to you and whatever you can afford um, and be able to achieve and maintain then I think that's where I would be looking rather than focusing but by all means like as I said I haven't done a whole heap of research on um, it and I'll like even looking at that study I'll like love to look at see what they did find mm. um, but yeah I think I think we need to take it back a little bit yep um, and look at the bigger picture rather than looking at the nitty-gritty and then say if you're nailing all of that then yeah maybe look into organic or not organic if you have the like if you can afford it yeah um but yeah like even the comparison between fresh and frozen like that big debate as well like frozen is just as good as fresh um when you freeze it like for example if you free- have frozen veggies like a lot of the time they're probably going to have more nutrients than the ones that you're getting in the supermarket depending on how fresh they are actually yeah. so a lot of the frozen veggies are snap frozen so they're basically the nutrients are locked within the cell of the plant or the vegetables, So. They're actually going to be more nutrient dense than some of our fr- um, our fresh produce, or so called fresh, depending yeah. on whether yeah, how, so yeah whether fresh, it's been yeah. at Coles for yeah a week or so and hasn't been sold. So <laughs> yeah,
0: um, I, I I totally agree with that. Um, the, the only reason I asked is because referring back to, to social media, that is the yeah uh, the modern day Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything you see on there, like you see these big influences like, oh, yeah. organic this, organic that, and it's. Oh, I agree. I I personally, I don't know if this is a placebo effect or not, but I personally can taste the difference from, say, a Woolies or Coles banana to a banana you go pick off an actual yeah. organic tree.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um,
0: as well as how full it makes you feel. Yeah. So once again, I don't know if that's a placebo. I'm pretty sure studies have shown that they are more nutrient-dense Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the, the plant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or ve- vegetable and fruit category, okay. but yeah, I completely agree. Nail the basics first, yeah. and then,
1: and then you can look further.
0: Yeah, exactly. And yeah, with, with the whole meat thing, I just the reason I touched on that is because I I think you know as long as or well, for me personally, like I'll eat meat. I'll always try and go um, an organic source because of the, um, I guess the moral effect. Like, yeah. And I
1: that's, yeah, I wasn't going to touch on that, but that was another reason. So if you're looking at it for a different reason other than your health, yeah, then yeah, by all means. But yeah,
0: yeah. Happy chickens are tasty chickens.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah. And that, that's, that's one thing that, that I look at now. I never used to, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, just, and I guess like free range eggs and stuff. Yeah,
1: definitely. Like when eggs, when I'm looking at eggs, I'll definitely go for the free range. Yeah um that's just me personally um but in terms of meat i'm not yeah i haven't done enough to be able to i guess answer that yeah properly
0: cool i guess it was then it could be more of opinion based but all good that's perfect so we're going to be wrapping up the fourth year at the end of this year yeah for your course what are hopefully (laughs) what are the hopes moving forward so you've said you'd like to sort of address and help people in a similar circumstance that you were at so yeah would you class that as say a up-and-coming or young athlete trying to move to the next level
1: yeah so i think for me um where i'm wanting to go down or the path that i'm wanting to take and this could very easily change depending because i've got three more placements this year and then i'm fingers crossed done yeah um so with my three placements, a lot of things could change. But as of now, I'm really interested in, I guess, doing potentially doing a little bit of um, clinical work as well. So in a hospital setting, um, but also I'm very interested in private practice in terms of helping, I guess, everybody and anyone, whether that be families, mothers, children, adolescents, athletes, everyday athletes, like your um, weekend warrior, whoever it is. Um, I guess I my main, my mission for um, what I want to I guess do when I finish is to create a space where I can empower people to be the best versions of themselves um, through physical like encouraging nutrition, physical activity, um, and I guess mindfulness, just into being able to yeah be the best person that they can be and achieve what they want to achieve and be happy and healthy within their life. Um, I don't agree with law this is yeah I'm not the um, I'm not going to advocate for diets I'm not yeah I'm quite um, as as I said at the start I believe that food should be there to be enjoyed but to also fuel your body Um, and I'm a big believer of the 80 20 so 80% of the time fueling your body with the right foods but you've also got to have a bit of flexibility there as well so um, yeah, just to be able to do that, I do have a special interest in sports nutrition. So eventually, going down um, and getting my sports dietetics qualification accreditation.
0: Right. How long does that take?
1: Oh, it'll be about a year or two down the part down the track.
0: Okay, so you've got yep. to do some time. First yeah, you've for got to do some
1: yeah full time work and then some um, shadowing. I'm not too sure about the whole logistics of it all, but you've got to do some further study then at, down at the. Um, AIS as well in Canberra so oh okay yeah oh cool so eventually hopefully we'll get into that um but until then yeah I guess just working with anyone and everyone who I guess wants to better their lives and I guess yeah make the most out of it
0: what um what are some of the differences between clinical and private practice so what are you going to see more I guess well clinical like you said it's Anyone and everyone.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, sorry, uh, private, private practice. Yeah,
0: my bad. Private practice. Anyone and everyone. But yeah. what's what's more down clinical.
1: So clinical. Um, when you're looking at a clinical dietitian, you're more looking into um, the subjects that we do for clinical dietetics is called medical nutrition therapy. Okay. Um, and that goes over the full year. So we did that all of last year. And I guess that encompasses on our placements. We do two MNT placements, which yep. is medical nutrition therapy. Um, is and that where
0: you just massage apples and stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. No. Um, <laughs> so basically with that is your, um, working it can be in any clinical setting so it doesn't necessarily need to be in a hospital um, but you're working with people who have things like chronic diseases or um, are unwell so working with them using nutrition as a medical therapy for them to I guess um, get better or improve their health so
0: is there like an example so can we yeah use that so for
1: someone say um, with who newly diagnosed type 1 diabetic Okay. Um, so that's more of the genetic diabetic
0: yep. as yep. opposed
1: to the lifestyle um, so yeah someone who's freshly diagnosed is that so you're working with them then to create a um, dietary plan and I guess to work around some of the barriers that they're facing and working with them to um, I guess treat their condition as opposed to say um I guess the big debate as well that you might have seen in social media and things like that is like what is the difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian?
0: Okay, I've, I've always known. Yeah. But, yeah. but for a lot it, of let's people they for yeah, everyone. so
1: a lot of people don't necessarily know. So a nutritionist for an ex, for example, they can um, be they don't have to be university qualified to be a nutritionist um in saying that though there are nutritionists who are university qualified um so basically they can work with your general healthy population without any chronic diseases and things like that and they can't use medical nutrition therapy because they haven't that's not included in their course curriculum um so yeah basically they can work to i guess encourage healthy eating as such but they can't use um food to help with diseases and chronic chronic conditions um whereas a dietitian as i said like they can basically they are a nutritionist as well um, but then they also have those further qualifications to be able to work clinically
0: cool so to dumb that right down joe blogs could rock up to a dietitian uh sorry to a nutritionalist and he could go oh, i want to put on three kilos of muscle Mm-hmm. that nutritionist can then write up a meal plan and prescribe foods to eat for joe blogs whereas a dietitian if you have a chronic disease or illness mm-hmm. you can recommend the right foods that are going to fix that illness and yeah. get them healthy
1: yeah yeah or i guess not necessarily fix because with some conditions sustain, if they're, yeah. yeah exactly you can help to treat
0: yeah okay cool yeah or manage awesome perfect okay so Just for everyone, make sure you uh, listen to that. (laughs) It's very important when you're seeking out information.
1: Yeah, and also looking at um, their qualification and where they've done it. So if it is a university qualified nutritionist, they've done three years of study at university and they haven't done a i don't i'm not too sure about the other nutrition qualifications but i do know that some of them are a lot shorter courses like under a year yeah so just being careful about who you're looking at and making sure that you're looking into their background and seeing what qualifications they have
0: definitely i can uh, be a testament for that so i'm studying a uh, nutrition course at the moment it still doesn't give me the uh well in terms of insurance i'm still not allowed to pre- uh, prescribe foods mm. all i can do is encourage healthy eating and work on a trial and error basis that's that's basically my scope it's a year course so yeah through precision precision nutrition yeah yeah um so yeah like when we and and they're they're very um they're very much around about uh because they're canadian-based a lot of their stuff applies yeah, to okay. australia we, we have the same sort of principles and Diet, dietary recommendations yeah, yeah but um yeah they I, I guess their side is more the coaching so coaching someone through and um I, I was talking with claudia the other day and it's coaching the more coaching aspect as opposed to yes we learn the science but we're still not in still not had to pre- prescribe food so i can't say hey mate if you want to get bigger go in yeah. a stack yeah because then that's technically outside my scope but i can say oh look you know we can trial and error this hey go try this come back if it works great maintain if it doesn't okay let's just try and tweak a few things
1: yeah yeah
0: um but yeah so that's that's also good to know what you said making sure that someone has gone and got the correct credentials and see where those credentials came from
1: yeah and just to be aware of it as well so like you like by all means you can still go and see those people but just be aware that yeah where they i guess are positioned and what what study they have done
0: it's, it's I guess it's sometimes hard as well. Like if you are, say, say you're trying to look for someone that has influence, like on social media, mm. they can just slap a nutritionalist or nutrition. Like, yeah, And exactly. generally it is just nutrition up yeah. on the themes. You know, okay, cool, you know how to eat healthy for you, but can you prescribe the right food? Or yeah. are you just putting everyone in a calorie deficit?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, all right, awesome. So one, let's step a, aside from work and aspirations what do you like to do for Mm -hmm. hobbies interests like what are you doing at the moment to keep fit i know there's been a slight change (laughs) with the uh Um, marathon but
1: yeah so i was training for the marathon that's been like a goal of mine ever since i finished school um got caught up though so i've got a bit of a knee niggle and i'm just decided now as much to my disgust that I have to pull out um, and drop down to the half marathon, which is still great. I'm um, not taking anything away, but it's always been a dream of mine to do the full. Yeah. Just not this year.
0: Was it just any full? Yeah, just play? any full. Yeah, okay.
1: Just wanted to do a 42K run, but couldn't do it. Mental. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I got into... I think I had been training for maybe six weeks and then, yeah, I just had a bit of a knee injury. So I am decided that I'm going to pull up on that one, try again maybe next year or the year after, yeah. um, and do the half. So that was what I was training for. Um, so now I guess I'm just training for the half. So I guess it's just training, uh, changing up my training plan a little bit. Um, but apart from that, I, as I said, I haven't really gone back to swimming or surf lifesaving. Um, and now I'm just training, as I said, like I love training, I just do it for my own sanity. Um, and for my own health and fitness, I guess, goals. So yeah, that's for me where I'm at at the moment.
0: All right, and what about uh, outside of the gym? Is there anything that you'd like to do? Like you? Yeah, you know, yeah. I see you doing yoga and stuff a whole yes, bunch. Yes,
1: I'm trying to become a little bit more zen in my life. I, mean, <laughs> I need to incorporate a bit more of that. So um, with Lulu as well, it's been great um, being an ambassador because um, they really advocate for incorporating more of that into your lifestyle and i am a big believer in like balancing it and trying to incorporate both I'm, I'm trying to get better at it i can't say that i'm amazing at following it but i do believe in it um and yes yeah, so i've been trying to do a little bit of yoga here and there um i also have a little dog so a little alfie alfie little pug so <laughs> I love taking him for long walks gassing him out yesterday morning I'm telling Josh this um, we went on a hike yesterday um, up Mount Maroon with a couple of friends And I brought along Alfie because I didn't know how he would go. So I brought a backpack just in case I needed to (laughs) chuck him in there. Went in there, can confirm, as I was scaling up a rock face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, doing things like that, like outdoorsy, um, adventuring, just even going to the markets with friends, doing things like that that are low-key. Yeah, I really enjoy just taking some time out, spending it with family, friends, um, and, yeah,
0: Awesome. So uh what about this Lululemon ambassador ship? Yes. ambassador ship? Yeah. Cool. What's uh how did that come around and what's involved with that?
1: Yeah, so um I actually worked for Lululemon going back when I first moved down here. I think it was in my second year, so I'm thinking 2016. Okay. I was working for them at Queen Street. Um and that was really good. I um, learned a lot about the company just through working with them. And I, yeah, I just, that was when I really started to see what an amazing company that they were beside from their product.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, just from everything that they did with the community being involved, um, they would always, I guess, try and engage in community events and trying to draw, um, people together in a way that was centered around health fitness um just happiness enjoyment for life um and whether that was through um yoga sweating meditation um mindfulness practice enjoying dinner drinks like it was just incorporated and resonated with me so much and everything that i believed in as well so um, I think that was where it all started um, and then they were opening one up at Chermside and as an ambassador I think what they're looking for are people who would resonate with the brand and who believe in the similar philosophies that the brand has um, and yeah I was really surprised to be honest <laughs> to be asked to be an ambassador for them um, but like beyond excited and grateful everything that they've done and yeah I can't wait for the next two years. So
0: awesome so is it kind of on a contract basis like they renew it
1: so it's the one the ambassadorship that i'm on at the moment is a two-year program okay yeah so this year and next year will be the two years that i'm with the um lululemon at chermside for
0: yep yeah, and you said there. So, and this is what I found interesting because I'm a Lululemon fanatic from way back. Yeah, um, it's the only shorts that I wear. I refuse to wear anything else.
1: Yeah, um, I've converted my partner onto them too, and yeah. he's like so not brand savvy at all. So yeah,
0: I well I you know it used to be Nike, Adidas, yeah, that's all of that, yeah. And yep. then when I slipped on my first pair of Lulus, that was the last time I put anything else yeah, on. Yeah, they're so. Um, awesome. So yeah, Lululemon. If you want to <laughs>
1: shameless plug. Me up, yeah, so.
0: <laughs> Um, but now I've started to convert, like, cause I thought I, and when I first heard about Lululemon, I was like, oh, it's a girl's brand.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people think that too. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, um, when I found out that they had their men's range, like obviously the shorts, I was sold, but yeah. always working, uh, in the gym, we always had a gym shirt to wear.
1: Yeah.
0: And then uh, I think it was it was a client of mine. They gave uh, they gave me a, a gift card for Christmas or my birthday or something. And yeah. uh, I went there and I got a one of their shirts. Yeah. And now I, I try not to wear any other shirt either. They're just their casual shirts. Like not only their training stuff, which yeah. I start to wear now, which I covered in completely today. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, but their their casual shirts are just everything. Is yeah. Amazing. And I've just got my first set of long pants. Like so, I'm still. I'm very much a creature of habit, like yeah. I'll get one thing and never change. It just yeah. takes me a while to keep getting yeah. onto the next Accumulating
1: stuff. Accumulating the things.
0: But what I can't believe is the amount of wear and tear I put all my stuff through, Yeah. and the first pair of shorts only started to, I guess, deteriorate after four years of consistent wearing. So for the yeah. the average gym goer, someone who dons a pair of pants for maybe two hours, maybe three times a week, I was wearing them for ten plus hours every single day.
1: Yeah, it just and goes to show, hey, it's the, like quality, the quality stuff.
0: quality is amazing. Yeah, so, it's yeah, ridiculous. Shame, shameless plug.
1: Yeah, send some more
0: shorts my way. Yeah. Um. That that's awesome. So with with, with Lily, and you were explaining this the other day it was something I was unaware of that their their role or your role when it first, when you first got involved it was more. A store location. Yeah. And did you say they're now moving to a national
1: um, role? So we're doing an ambassador onboarding in Melbourne, which is really cool. I'm really excited for, and that I don't think I even told you about nah, this. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they are doing um, an ambassador onboarding from all ambassadors in Australia and New Zealand, um, and so there will be about 200 of us, and we'll all we'll be going down to Melbourne in June. June, yeah. Um, at the end of June. And basically they'll be running us through all of the logistics around. So I can't say much about what it's turning into to be.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but Is that
0: because it's kind of secret or you don't know?
1: I genuinely don't know too much okay. about it to be able to comment on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we'll be learning and like that's a, like all expenses paid for. Like they're, they're really, wow. yeah, being really great with that. So it's a three day event. Um, And we'll just be going through, um, I guess, some more information around um, our contracts and um, also the fun things like just socialising and sweating and doing all the things that Lulu do. so, yeah, that'll be really exciting. And that's in Melbourne. I'll be very cold, I can imagine, because we all know how bad I am with the cold. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's something exciting coming up as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So they, they just really take care. Like the company is, yeah, could not speak higher of them.
0: Perfect. Mm. Um, let's cycle back now. So while for the last, how long has it been, nine to 12 months, you've been yep. at FitStop? Yes, I have. Yep, yeah. How do you feel, because very much uh, the type of business you want to run, being in front of people, it's about yeah. being confident, being able to project, yep. I guess in a way, your opinion, but also the science, yeah. you, you, the, your opinions you gather from science. Yep. How do you feel working in front of people um, with, within FitStop has made you progress?
1: Oh my goodness, um, so much. So I'm not, I hate public speaking, like hate it. Um, I, when I was younger, I used to get up, like even through uni and stuff, my first two years, I would get up and I would just be so nervous. Like I could hear my like voice going and I, I was shaking and I was, I would just, yeah, I'd go so red and I'd just get so flustered. Um, and I think... Like it's incredible, and everyone used to say to me, they would always be like, "Just practice, like just practice, practice, practice." And I was always like, "No, nah, I'm never getting better. Like it's just so I'm so bad, I'm so embarrassed." Um, and then I think from starting at Fit Stop, that's when everything started to change. Like having to talk in front of 36 people in a class, yeah, um, really got me out of my comfort zone. And then I started to realize, okay, yeah, it is practice. Like you literally just got to do it yeah. to get better at it. Um, and now like, I don't think twice about like taking a class, like, whereas when I first started, I was like overthinking it in my head and I would like stay up the night before and I would practice the entire, like how I'm going to like speak through the class and yeah. all of that. But now, yeah, I, I like, I would always have my ups like made perfect and written out. <laughs> whereas now, like, I don't even know what I'm what the class is this afternoon. You know what I mean? like. Yeah. So, yeah, I think definitely has been a massive development curve for me in terms of that aspect of it um, and also being able to communicate with members and, I guess, build a relationship. Like, And, as you know, you've got to build a relationship with your client. Like definitely. It's probably 90% of what our job entails. It's you know? trust, yeah. Yeah, so I think... Gaining those skills and being able to adapt to the different personalities as well. Um, I've definitely benefited and learnt so much from working with FitStop and as a group and personal trainer. So yeah, I've really, really enjoyed it.
0: So into that, because the reason I ask is uh, anyone that's in front of people, you are an influencer of sorts you're influencing these people's days whether it's positively or negatively mm-hmm. you're going to have an influence on them generally in the fitness industry we have a positive influence most of the time yeah people do have negative ones but on a day to day it's 99% positive yeah seeing as and and now look, we'll, we'll another shameless plug for your Instagram but <laughs> how do you feel how long have you been running your
1: about a year about a year so yeah.
0: just before you started at FitStop
1: yeah probably would have been about the same time about
0: the same time okay do you feel that your content has evolved with you as a person being able to go from being nervous in front of people you know over possibly overthinking or spending a lot of time on thought yeah or the thought process of how you're going to run a session yeah was the same kind of thing happening on the social media aspect like making sure a ton of thought goes into every single post whereas now that you're confident in your own ability and to relay a message to people do you feel that's kind of evolved with you or you're still quite
1: focused on what you're
0: posting it
1: it is because I guess with the social you're Broadcasting to a larger audience, whereas when you're doing your group training, like you know them inside and out, you know every member. Yeah. Um, whereas with the social side of things, there's a lot of people that you don't know who are, you're connecting with as well. Um, so in a way, I guess my confidence in being able to post and be comfortable with what I believe in and what I'm passionate about has definitely um, grown in saying that though I still put a lot of thought and I'm very conscious about what I'm posting um so I don't and like by all means it's gotten easier but there's still a lot that goes behind and I think when you're putting up a post it's like and I know a lot of content creators will agree with this that um there's a lot more than just what people see like a lot more I guess research and um, thought that goes behind just what's seen in the post and in the picture. Um, so yeah, I think to, to a degree it's gotten easier, but in saying that I still am very careful and conscious about what I'm posting on social, um, in saying that I still try and depict an accurate representation of my life and in, like, without, um, trying to post too many, ugly photos of food because you can only post so much <laughs> um like for example i love avocado and vegemite on toast okay. doesn't make the most appealing photo though so yes. yeah. um claudia one of my friends i posted one the other day and she was like you've got to take that down it looks disgusting <laughs> i was like thank you for the honesty but i'm gonna leave it
0: <laughs> so thanks I, no thanks. yeah
1: so i think things like that um but I'm just trying to be real and, yeah, yeah. But, as a, like, with any social media, you, yeah, it's a highlight reel. Like, you can't, yeah, always believe what you see. And I think, for me, I the reason why I wanted to go on social media was to kind of debunk myths and misconceptions that people might have um, about nutrition and health and someone's lifestyle. So, for me, my social media is just to, I guess... Put out a message and be able to allow people to get inspiration or motivation to live a more active lifestyle, um, eat more vegetables, um, and yeah, just be the best version of themselves.
0: Awesome. On the debunking and whatnot, mm-hmm. how do you feel with what you're learning? Mm-hmm. Uh, replicates what the government puts out as a minimum standard for Australians.
1: Are you talking about the Australian Dietary Guidelines?
0: Uh, I, so, I, I don't know if this is the case, but I'm guessing, like, wh- whatever the government regurgitates in mm-hmm. terms of, like, to the nation, you yep. need to eat this much or this much. Is that where they get it from, the Australian Dietary so Guidelines? So, the
1: Australian Dietary Guidelines are the guidelines that are being formulated for... Um, Australians within, uh, to maintain a healthy weight range. Yeah, a general population. So being guidelines, they are guidelines, like they're not. And when people, I think, uh, like, this is a big thing. Like, I don't really want to go too much into it because it is such a big debate. Um, But a lot of the research behind whether people actually... um, abide by the guidelines like i don't know the exact statistics behind it but a lot of i think it's like less than five percent of people actually follow the guidelines within australia yeah it's very very small amount so when people say that the guidelines don't work or they don't you know do things like that um we don't know you know because not enough people are actually following them to be able to testify whether they are working or
0: not um on on that, so now this this is America. Yeah. Um. I think it's it's one of Pete Evans. Well, I, I hate the bloke. So if you're listening, <laughs> Pete, I hate you. But the documentary was amazing that yes. he did. I think it was it was the Magic Pill or one of the other ones that he's done. Um, and there was an American, they're either a dietitian or someone in the science field that relayed back to mm-hmm. nutrition in some way. They said that the. American guidelines were actually followed and because they were followed, because the pyramid was set up wrong where they had like eat more grains.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: and I'm pretty sure that was the one I remember seeing that the exact same pyramid at school where yeah, they've yeah, yeah. changed since then, but they had a, a large quantity of grain and carbohydrates mm-hmm. and they said because Americans were following this, yeah, that's what led them to this uh to to where they are now Mm -hmm. once again i don't know if that was an opinion based uh fact they gave or if it was a scientific fact but it and and this is where you know documentaries can become confusing it was convincing like the opinion that he gave you could look at what was going on over in their population you can go oh yeah i can agree with that Mm. Um, but like there's you, so yeah. many
1: confounding factors as well that you've got to consider when you're yeah. looking at that sort of stuff, like people's, um, like the social determinants of health. So people's environment, where how they grow up, where they live, what education they have, like yeah. everything impacts our dietary choices and our lifestyle behaviours. Um, so it's really hard to be able to talk about such thing like a guidelines or something like that when you're having fast food restaurants opening at every corner you're having you know portion sizes of meals are doubling in size like the price of health foods are going up dramatically whereas yeah. the price of you know so when you're looking at other things like that and a people like certain socioeconomic status and yep. where they've like even in the areas that they are so when we were going through um uni there was quite a few audits done on supermarkets in certain regions. Um, I think like they they have them everywhere, but for example, like in Brisbane or something, um, and they did an audit of the supermarkets and where products were placed within the supermarket and in lower socioeconomic areas, for example, their like discretionary foods, so some of their higher energy dense sugary foods and higher fat content like saturated fat, things like that which isn't the great fat. So that was all located at the front of the store. Mm -hmm. Whereas opposed to a higher socioeconomic area, they walked in and there was fruit and veg first thing located right at the front there. So it's even comes down to things like that, like product placement within Mm -hmm. areas. So the people who are in the lower socioeconomic area are already at a disadvantage because that's what is marketed to them. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of other factors that come down to it and I, yeah, it's, uh, and as I said, a lot of people don't follow the guidelines as it is. Um, mm. There is a lot of research going behind the guidelines and why they're put in place. Um, but as I said, it is a guideline and it should be used as a guide. Um, and if you want to go see personalized nutrition information and care, you should go and see a dietitian.
0: Definitely. I think, um, and what a lot of people don't know, and I was surprised to find out, is that a lot of dietitians, when you go and seek their advice, you... like that can be claimed back on, uh, private health.
1: Yeah. Which I think is amazing. Yeah. So, and like, even if they, like you can have bulk billing dietitians as well. So you can even get, um, claimed if it's a referral through your GP, you can claim that through Medicare as well.
0: Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, it, it's very interesting talking about that supermarket stuff because again, uh, what I read and this is on the psychology side. Yeah. So, um, the, re- and once again, this is just what I read. I, I can't recall which study it was but there was a a study on human psychology and that and and this may make sense in a high socioeconomic area. you know you need to smarter people more well off can afford fruit and veg you know you need to have it so then have that right at the front it's the first thing you place in your brain then goes I've done something good I deserve my uh, reward and then so, so whatever whatever the terminology is but they've just gone and done an action. So now their reward is they get something unhealthy, which is at the back of the store as they work their way through. Mm. Whereas um, in those low socioeconomical areas, areas, all they know is the stuff that they know. So they don't know what they don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, so I think, and it's a great point going back to when I asked about what your thought was on it, the difference in inconsistencies of. Where things are, so yeah, inconsistency in our knowledge yeah. of products and all yeah. of that. So, yeah, yeah, um, I could talk forever about this because I've got a million questions and then I want opinions because I'm heavily opinionated on nutrition.
1: Yeah, no, and that's a thing, a lot of people are, and that's why it makes a dietitian's job so exciting and, like, I guess, um, in a way, challenging because everyone thinks that they or I guess everyone has a right to their own food choices and yep. beliefs um, and everyone feels really passionately about their own nutrition and what they feed their bodies with mm. so it definitely presents a number of challenges for dietitians and nutritionists but um, it's I guess just about speaking using evidence
0: yeah.
1: and using evidence based practice which is what a dietitian yeah. um, does um, and then using that to, I guess, inform people and their decisions around what they choose to eat, um, rather than going off social media influences and what they think or what has worked for them or what they, yeah. Juice clades. Yeah. Or celery juice or something, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's yeah. all well and good, but it, it can get dangerous and it can, yeah, really influence a lot of people, mm. um, yeah whether that's for the worse or for the better so yeah
0: i am being heavily opinionated on dietary stuff i do also let myself change my thought process so if someone can come and show me something evidence based, yeah i'll i'll flip the switch like that like i'm happy to jump ship
1: yeah that's good that's and that's what people yes like i think that's where it comes comes into, um, I guess, a bit of trouble when people aren't willing to yeah. accept other points of view or aren't willing to be flexible with what they're thinking or willing to listen to other people's, Yeah. I guess, yeah.
0: It, 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 I believe it's fair enough for people to be stuck in that form of thinking. You, you think on, on medicine. We've mm-hmm. been studying medicine for hundreds of years, thousands of years even, like go back to the Egyptians. We've always been progressing in medicine. Yeah. But it's really only in the last, what would you say, like maybe 60 to 70 years, we've started looking at food and how food can...
1: Not even that, like even less. Even less, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, like nutrition is not an exact science. Like there is research coming out every single day. And like as dietitian, you're only going off like current research. Yeah. You're not saying that it isn't. Going to maybe potentially there might be a study later on that could show that it is, but as yep. of current, there's nothing to support the use or the need for it. Yep. Or there is reason to support the use and the need, and that's the best evidence that we've got currently. Um so yeah, just and also just being aware that there are more studies going and that that things are going to change like nothing's ever set in stone mm. like nothing is ever going to stay the same because we're always learning more and we're always yeah
0: I totally agree um yeah. it's it, it's a very new science and very we've been eating forever mm-hmm. but that's just we just do what we do yeah now it's um and yeah and, and that's where I, I feel for people as well people that aren't that are possibly interested but don't know where to look because yeah. you can read one thing that says apples are good for your health, you can, you can read another thing saying can, apple's yeah. are gonna kill you.
1: Yeah, if we, whatever you look up on Google, you will find. Like, <laughs> uh, there will be something out there to show that, and, yeah.
0: And, and then what you need to then look at is, what I believe is then look at where was the study done, who was it done exactly. on. There may be a certain population within the world that apples are lethal to because it's never been in their diet yeah and to someone else.
1: that's like one of the big things that we learn when we go through uni is how to look at a paper and how to pull it apart and see like make sure that it's creditable um and that can be down to who is sponsoring the study who how many people are in this you know yeah. their conflicts of interest their um their the methods the design of the study so there's so much more to it than just like if you look up and you see a research paper like it doesn't mean that it's you know going to be accurate or you've you've really got to like nut it out and make sure that everything that they were using was and like not every study is going to be perfect yeah um but yeah you've got to make sure that what you're reading is accurate and something that i guess can be used to help inform your decision
0: BuzzFeed is not a credible source of information. Can
1: confirm. Do not
0: listen or read BuzzFeed. <laughs> it is rubbish. All right, uh, that, that's awesome, Liz. I'm going to jump into um, our wrap-up questions now. Oh, how um, exciting. Thank you so much. But yeah, let's get into these wrap-up questions. So okay. what is your morning routine?
1: Morning routine. So something
0: routine. you always do.
1: When I get up.
0: When you get up that ensures success. Yeah, It doesn't right. also have to be in the morning. It might be like you find that... If you can't do something in the evening, that will ruin your next day yeah, or right. not start you off. So the just right something,
1: through. yeah, like a daily habit. A daily
0: habit that you feel is vital to your success.
1: Yeah, I have a couple. So okay. first of all, I always try and get in some form of activity, physical like physical activity, whether that be, um, like a session here at FitStop. Stop, I love boxing, I love running, I love, I, I love swimming, I love every, yeah, I guess just moving my body, um, even down to going for a walk with Alfie going across to the park throwing a stick with him um so I always make sure that I do something I get up and do something um clear my head clear my thoughts so that's probably what I do when I first wake up um I always have uh an intention that I set for the day
0: Nice. so just
1: making sure that I can tick something off for the day and I know that I've achieved it Um, so I'll do that in the morning, usually, whether it's when I get home, have breakfast and I'll do it while I'm having brekkie. Um, and that just helps to set me up so that I know that I'm, yeah, I'm going to get something done today, at least even if it gets the end of the day. And I feel like I haven't, I can at least say, no, I've done something. I've gotten through my intention. So um, and then I have a big nighttime routine. So I always make sure that I, um, I guess with lights on the phone, like I'll always dim my lights. I set the thing. So to try and stop the blue light, just to ensure that I have a good night's sleep.
0: Have you got that auto dimmer yep. that's on the phone? Yeah, yeah so um, good. Yeah. 100%. I
1: really need to invest in those glasses as well. Blue light blockers. Yeah, yeah. have you, you can got get some? Them.
0: No, I haven't got them. But listening to the guys on MMP, yeah, um, I had a look at them the other day. I think on eBay, and you can get a pair for like ten bucks.
1: Yeah, so I definitely need to invest in some of those just for TV and stuff. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, usually try and um, I'm a big believer in. Like, if a room smells nice and relaxing, that it'll calm you down. So, i always try and use, like, a lavender mist. Okay. Um, I'll spray that. I've got a salt lamp, so I put that on. So, I try and dim the lights as well. Um, and I'll always have a shower before bed, making sure I, I need to have clean feet. I've got a weird, like, okay. weird thing where feet It needs to be clean. So, i I'll always... I honestly
0: think that's a North Queensland thing. Is because it? Because when I lived up in... Um, I don't know why. Up in Port Douglas, yeah. like yeah i was younger and we would run around barefoot but i couldn't sleep well if my feet weren't clean yeah, and I it kind of it kind of moved into adulthood but kind of disappeared around the army because you're always wearing yeah. boots and socks yeah so, yeah yeah
1: yep. so that's a definite thing because i have clean feet <laughs> um and yeah i just make sure that i leave my room for sleeping not for i try not to do like Tech, use technology in my bed or yep. I don't eat in my bed or I do anything. It's just purely for sleeping. And I find that that really helps me get to sleep. So.
0: Fantastic. So, yeah. Who do you feel has been or has had the biggest influence in your life?
1: Um, my mom and dad for sure. Yep.
0: How yeah. so?
1: Um, the biggest influence. So like, <laughs> Just their personalities, like, and the way that they've brought us up. Like, as I was talking before, at this right at the start, we've got, like, I'm one of four and we're all very sporty, active, competitive, as you would expect. Um, but if you saw my parents, you would be like, how? Like, how have these kids turned out to be, like, competitive and sporty and da-da-da? Because my parents are the most chilled and laid-back human <laughs> beings, like... Uh, They're just, I don't know, and I think that that really has instilled with me and resonated in the fact that I'm very conscious about what, I guess, lights me up and what makes me happy. Um, So waking up, and I make sure, like, life is too short to be waking up and doing something that you don't enjoy. Yeah. Um, And they've really made me believe that because, er like... (laughs) Every training session, it felt like pretty much in the end, they would always be like, are you sure you're doing, like, you're all right? Like, I think you should have a rest day. Um, So they were really, like, cautious around that and just didn't ever want us to feel like that we were being forced to do something we didn't want to do. Um, But, yeah, so they, my parents, 100%, and just the things that they've done and the sacrifices they've made for us, so. Oh, that's
0: awesome. Do you feel like if there was someone outside of your family there's been another big influence or not really just parents
1: yeah definitely like my partner Kurt he has been a big influence on me he yep. is a bit of a humor head so <sighs> loves to have is very sarcastic loves a joke loves <laughs> to be center of the t- like center of the party so yeah he I don't know has made me really like just take out the seriousness of um, Life and just enjoy it as well, similar to my parents, but just more in the funny side of things, <laughs> um, and just not to take myself too seriously. Awesome. Yeah.
0: What do you feel has been the biggest obstacle that you've overcome in life so far?
1: Biggest obstacle definitely transitioning from being an elite athlete to, I guess, an everyday athlete. Okay. Um, not taking away anything from everyday athletes by any means. Um, but it's definitely a different mindset and what you're training for and what your goals are and your intentions. Um, You have to really remove yourself because I guess growing up, I was always known as the swimmer, the surf lifesaver. Like that was my identity. Um, So I guess having to find myself and find something outside of that to, I guess, put my name to and just be happy with me. Yep. That was really hard. Um, and I'm still like attached to it. I'm still like, am I going to go back? Am I not? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but internally, like I have come to the, like, I, I know that I won't, Yeah. but in it, in a, there's a still little, itch. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, so I mean, when I smell DP, uh, I just want to get back in the sheds yeah. I miss it so much. It's,
1: it's, it's always going to be a part of me, but I think that that transition made was really tough. was really, really tough.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's good though. Good good obstacle to overcome good finding growth. yourself. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um
0: oh, this is my favorite one. What do you feel recently has been your biggest point of view change? So something you may have believed in, yeah. Um or thought very heavily of. Yeah. And then recently for um either your own finding out um someone has showed you something different, how's that opinion changed?
1: Hmm. That is a good question. Um Something really recent that I found um, kind of changed the way in which I thought was when I was on placement, my community and public health nutrition placement in Townsville. I um, was working really closely with the dietitian who was my supervisor. She was um, a Hayes practicing dietitian. So, Hayes stands for healthy eating at every size. Okay. Um, so I guess it is the, you might've heard of buzzwords like intuitive eating and, um, like, um, like the non-dieting approach, things like okay, that. Yeah. yeah. So I think I going through uni, we are very, as I said, evidence-based, really research focused. Um, so we were really focusing around weight management and things like that. but very clinically so looking really closely at the kilojoules and the energy and what deficit you needed to be in in order to lose weight things like that so really really clinical and mathematical um and really science-based however looking um and working under her really opened like me up to a whole new side of practice which was okay. the haze um so it's put a whole spanner in my works and it's probably actually made me more confused about how i want to practice but
0: how, so can you like simplify that that haze so the like haze is
1: like looking at a non-diet approach so no talk about weight no talk about meal plans no talk about like really focusing on just eating intuitively what your body thrives off Um, without putting any restriction on food.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, And that went against a lot of what we've been kind of introduced to in terms of like looking at discretionary foods and making sure that we're not getting more than two serves of discretionary foods a day and like things like that. Um, So that, like having her as my supervisor... and it's definitely an emerging field in dietetics and I think it's going to be something to look for in the future because there will be a lot more Hayes practicing dietitians. Um, But yeah, having exposure to that really made... And I've always been against, I guess, the dieting bandwagon because as we know, like 80% of people who diet after five years will regain the weight that lost and more. Um, But yeah, just having, I guess, her... I guess supervise me and um that's really affected the way in which I've thought about it
0: do you think that's that the haze is it a principle it's an approach okay. like it's, it's a approach yeah okay, it's yeah. an approach do you to- think that Hayes approach it takes more into the psychology of the individual yes for so sure. how they react to yep. food and what what's a trigger food, I guess, and what isn't.
1: Yeah. And it's a lot to do with, um, I guess, eating disorders and body dissatisfaction and things like that. So they really want to move away from, um, your weight being, or your weight determining your health status and they want to look more towards the biochemical. So they'll look more at the biochemical markers rather than your weight.
0: Yeah. Okay yeah, yeah. No, i i find that's extremely interesting like yeah, i love and, and it's one thing i've been moving more into is the psychology of exercise so yeah. why why people exercise what they want to achieve from it yeah and it's very much moving away from um their brain so what they know they might need to do yeah and moving more towards the elephant in the room which is why they want to do it yeah and what what's going to be a positive yeah. motivator for her and that's that's had a massive change, and not only my clientele for, for business because the amount of clients you lose after a short amount of time. Because people start training and they're like, Oh, I, I want to see results in three weeks. Yeah. It's and not you know, you don't want to tell them straight away, Like, man, that's not going to happen. Like, yeah.
1: Because you still need to make your own. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. But, um, so yeah i find the psychology field in all aspects of life is becoming more and more it's huge the books that you read on it and um obviously very dumbed down to the lowest common denominator but it's amazing how and i I can pick apart myself from years ago so like the the ways that i acted the approaches that i went towards things as opposed to now being able to think very objectively yeah towards things so that's that that's that's pretty cool like i, I haven't heard of it yeah for, i guess in, in a way i have but not it being an approach like an yeah. actual approach yeah. i thought it was just more of a tool no so dietitians yeah. could possess
1: yeah so there's definitely Hayes practicing dietitians and they purely practice the Hayes approach there are some that incorporate both and that like depending on the client so everything that we do is client-centered um but depending on the client they'll adjust and see whether they think that maybe they might need more of a haze approach depending on like what they're presenting to them and their, I guess their history and their psychological health and different, like so many different factors that we'll go through in a console. Um, but yeah, that really changed the way I thought about things and opened, yeah, opened me up to a lot more than just the clinical and what we've been taught in uni.
0: Awesome. Alrighty. So this is where, uh, well, before we start doing plugging yep um have you got any it was, so this is just any of your recommendations that you'd like to make for people yeah so uh a, a podcast podcasts mm-hmm. book youtube influencer or any kind of favorite quote you would like to recommend and impart on to everyone
1: yeah okay um I'm going to start with a quote because I'm still thinking of an influencer that I want to say. Um, but vibe attract your tribe. Like I'm all for like, if you have, like if you are in a situation or an environment that is negative or that's going to put you down, um, you, that's all you're going to get out of it. Like you're not going to get any positive outcomes. So if you surround yourself with cheerleaders and people who actually are going to like, advocate for you and cheer you on um in saying that you've still got to do the same for them then you're going to achieve so much more in life and be so much happier um I guess I yeah I think as you and as I've gotten older I've come to appreciate that you get to choose who you surround yourself with um and if you don't like the way that you are around a certain person or in a certain crowd you have the decision to change that and to remove yourself and find people who you do resonate with. Um, influencer.
0: It can be multiple if there are multiple.
1: Um, I'm going to say on, um, I'm trying to think of the podcast one that I'm listening to at the moment. He I really enjoy listening to the plant have you heard of the plant proof?
0: No, I haven't. No. Have you got your phone if you wanna find it?
1: Let me have a look. Where is this (laughs) phone? Here it is. Um, otherwise I as a um I'm not the biggest I don't really watch too much YouTube to be honest. Um In terms of social media, there are quite a few social media accounts that I do really enjoy following. One is the Good Food Clinic and she is a friend of mine from Townsville that I've met a couple of times. But just the things that she, she's actually a new grad, but the things that she speaks about really resonates with um, me and the practice that I want to go down, I guess. Um, She's just really real and genuine about what she believes in. Yep so trying to find um the nature the the naked truth sorry rachel hawkins she's another dietitian in brisbane based okay um she same thing just like such a genuine human being um really speaks what she believes in um the one that i was talking about was have you heard of the, the compete waffle so a lady, Ali Disher, who was one of my, um, she was one of my tutors last year. She works as a sports dietitian, and she is um, someone that I look up to and that I would want to practice similarly to. And she is at um, her podcast. They are at Compete Waffle, or like it's that's what it's called. Um, but their their um, practice is called Compete, so comp and then eat.
0: Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So she, that's probably one of the biggest ones that I listen to. Um, and then the plant proof one, which I was talking about, which is, um, here, the plant proof podcast. I don't know if I press on it at all. Start playing. No, it wasn't. Um, yeah, this guy here. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's like, he's just encourages people. I think he is vegan based, but he just focuses on encouraging people to eat predominantly plant-based like just increase your vegetable consumption but he also addresses a number of issues as well and talks to heaps of other um health experts and things like that to get different opinions similar to what we were talking about before yeah um i guess he he's looking for other people's expert expertise around certain issues and things like that so he's not just focused around one topic um even though he is vegan he yeah he definitely addresses a number of different topics and things like that Awesome. Yeah.
0: Right, and this one's just off the cuff. Yes. What would be... Um, okay, so we'll, I'll pre-frame it. If money wasn't an issue, location wasn't an issue, so if you could set up anywhere yeah, and you could do whatever you wanted to do, wh- what would your perfect private practice look like?
1: Um, love it by the beach. Like yeah. If I could wake up and go for a surf. Um, I've always really loved between, like, so southeast Queensland, between um, Tweed Heads, like around that area, but between there and Byron, like anywhere. Oh, so northern
0: New South Wales? Yeah, even going down to
1: northern New South Wales.
0: Okay. Um, Yeah, some great spots along there. Yeah,
1: so nice. Um, And because my partner, he's property focused, so we've always spoken about, like, the best of both worlds. You could own, like, a little bit of acreage and then also have... A nice house close to the beach so ideally that's where I'd want to live and to maybe do my private consults out of there yeah um but also be willing to travel because um if I'm wanting to work with sporting teams or different things like that I'd love to get an opportunity to be able to travel with them what, um, what would be
0: like the dream sporting team do the dream sporting team
1: I don't know anything really like I would love to be able to work with um is surf life-saving because I guess that's my background yep um but in saying that like I would be very like beyond excited to work with I guess I just have such a passion for sport in general um that I would yeah I would definitely not be picky with where I would go
0: International badminton team
1: oh 100% I'd go anywhere <laughs> <laughs> table tennis whatever ping pong get me in there um but yeah, so I'd, i I would definitely do any sporting teams. Beggars can't be choosers. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Alrighty, well thanks so much for coming on today, Liz. No, uh, thank I you really for appreciate having me. it.
1: Yeah, no, that's um, been awesome.
0: It was a great chat. Uh hopefully once you're qualified as well, it will be good to get a lot more opinion based questions Yeah, out.
1: yep definitely. Um, it is hard as well as a student. I can't yeah. Oh, you can. Everyone's
0: entitled to an opinion.
1: They are, they are. But I just, yeah, I'll leave that for when I'm a fully qualified dietitian.
0: Awesome. All right, yeah, thanks so much, Liz. Awesome, Um, thank you. Yeah, we'll catch up with you next time.
1: Yeah, sounds good.